Welcome to the Inspiring Humans podcast. We are so happy to have you listening. My name is Stephanie Willard, and this podcast is a platform to showcase the incredible human spirit. On this podcast, I'll be interviewing people from all over the world and all walks of life who will be sharing with us their personal dreams and their dreams for the future. I believe that through coming together and creating community, incredible things are possible. In fact, anything is possible. And I hope that this podcast is a launch pad for creating the new world that we want to see that will have humanity free, thriving and living in their full self-expression. Thrilled to be here today with Alex, Pastor Alex Barsenis from Fire Church in Caram Downs. Uh, Alex, welcome, and I can't wait to take a deep dive into your journey today. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. So, uh, Alex, I, I'm pretty blown away by Fire Church and, and what you have created there. And it, I remember going for the first time and just feeling the incredible spirit in the place and just seeing all different ages in the congregation and it was just it was just so exciting to find a place like fire church with uh yeah so many different types of people and people my age and older people because you know in some churches there's only the older generations and just yeah just just the aliveness that is in that place and I know that it's kind of grown a lot over the last you know year or two and that there's now a you know 10 a.m service and a 5 p.m service and the, in this interview, I'd, I'd love to just take a deep dive into how you came to Jesus and, and how you came to be a pastor. Uh, but I, I just want to do your um, bio justice and you're a pastor, a counsellor and a performance, performance coach. And I think that's an amazing mix to have to, to offer people and to make an impact. So, yeah, welcome and start wherever you like. I'd love to just hear a bit about your background. Yeah, for sure. I know it's meant to be about me, but I'm actually genuinely curious uh, to hear, when, when did you come to Fire first time and, and what drew you to Fire Church again? So I was, uh, uh, about two and a half years ago, I felt really drawn to read the Bible and learn more about Jesus and his time here on earth. And so I, I very much started reading the Bible, but got really inspired by it felt like it was alive as it says like the words are alive and um and only probably in the last two three months felt really called to find a church and i've I've never really been to a church before so a friend of mine lara who is at fire mentioned fire church and and i came along to see what it was all about oh wow oh brilliant uh so good so good to hear um, and everyone's got a different journey and how they came to God, how they find themselves in church. So it's really cool to hear yours, Steph. Um, well, for me, I grew up um, as a good Filipino Catholic boy, um, born in the Philippines, came to Australia in 1990 at the age of six. But my parents, uh, although we were Catholics per se, we were nominal at best, just by title, not by practice. And so at most, you'd see us at church Easter and Christmas time, um, but never really taken seriously. Up until dad and mum, they divorced, split up uh, about 1993. And then that's when dad came to find God himself, I guess in a tragic uh, part of life, he, he found hope in Jesus. And so we would go with dad on weekends and stay with him. And he would take us to Sunday morning um, church 
it was a Filipino uh, born again church. So it's the same Bible as the uh, Catholic faith, but um, obviously just read and interpreted uh, slightly differently. The main parts of it um, being that, um, yes, we believe in Jesus uh, is the only way uh, to God and therefore salvation. Uh, but didn't believe in so much in praying to the saints or Mary, which is um, a whole other thing in the Catholic faith, which is uh, uh, fine. But in, in the Bible, it just doesn't mention that. So in terms of Christians, it's just kind of like following what the scriptures say. But for me, growing up in a church like that, uh, it was pretty um, irrelevant for me. The only people that really got into um, church, like you mentioned, was just one generation. It, it was the parents and older and us kids, including the pastor's kids, we were kind of like just there for social reasons to catch up. I was, in fact, one of the naughty kids in Sunday school where I would um, run away. So, you know, the adults would have the service and the kids would be taught the Bible, but I would run away from the Sunday school teacher um, in the car park and, and throw diversions and throw rocks the other way. And she would run towards where the sand was just so I could have a bit of freedom, climb up a tree and just spend the rest of the Sunday morning with my mates um, away from kids' church. And so I would be horrified now if a kid did that to me if I was looking after Sunday school. But that was my um, upbringing in, in church. In terms of church, it was really not a thing for me, so I thought. And when I uh, graduated from high school, uh, as you do with a driver's license, I was partying, getting drunk, trying to, you know, uh, chase women and all that kind of uh, stuff as a young uh, you know, young red-blooded man, um, but I soon discovered it to be quite empty. And I was studying a course at RMIT, banking and finance, just to kind of please mum and and dad and my stepdad as well. But it wasn't really my passion. It was just more for facade. But my friend who I grew up in uh, church with, the pastor's son, who I knew during his teenage years became a little bit rebellious, hanging around gangs and things like that, and pool holes and uh, getting up to some um, bad stuff. He decided to hold a youth and young adult meeting. So I thought, oh, I'll go and support my friend. As soon as I walked into the place where he was rehearsing with his sisters, uh, music for the church service, I, I just noticed his presence about them. And I realised what I've been wanting this whole time, I've been trying to chase at the bottom of a... Uh, beer bottle or in relationships or the nightclubs, what I was trying to chase and fulfill this empty heart, I realised these guys were carrying and it, it was God. It, it was God the whole time, but it was never so relevant until that moment. Just this peace and this joy that they carried as they played worship. And to cut a long story short, my friend preached his very first sermon that night, July 16, 2003, at a little Cranbourne Hole. And through snot and tears about the love of God and how much God loves us so much that he died for us, his unconditional love, that he'll, he'll accept us the way we are, but loves us too much to leave us the way we are. Because my friend spoke, um, you know, quite prophetically, which means to really speak into someone's situation. It was like, like he knew what I was going through. He was saying how people live these vicious cycles of the highs and then the lows, the highs, the lows, highs and lows. And I was literally going through that every weekend at the clubbing scene. Um, and then even in my studies and questioning what's life about. Then I heard about the love of God and my friend got everyone to close their eyes, bow their heads and just, just open up the invitation and ask, 
Is anyone here want to come to know this love and the forgiveness for our sins? Because at the end of the day, when we die, the reality is we'll stand before God and we'll have to, um, you know, own our sins and own our mistakes. But the Bible is clear and says it's not God's will that anyone should perish, but he loves the world so much that he gave his, his only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. So in my 18 years of living, hearing the gospel presentation like this, like never before, I felt I was about to have a heart attack. This this beating on my heart, and I thought, oh no, is something wrong for for a minute? But I realized it was God's love just crashing in. The Bible says, "Behold, I stand at the door of your heart and I knock. If anyone opens the door and lets me in, I will dine with him or her." And that's what God was doing. And so I came up to the front, what we call an altar at church, uh, where you get altered, <laughs> so to speak. And that's when the heart palpitations started to get heavier. And I thought my heart was about to was going to leap out of my chest but it was just god's love just filling me up washing away all my sins washing me clean and that night i gave my heart to jesus and i've never looked back um you know made mistakes all that and as we do never be perfect but i really took on who i want who i am in god this uh new creation the bible says behold if anyone is in christ jesus the old has passed and the new has come and he has made us ministers of reconciliation. And so there's a lot of this whole new world of Christianity that I was open to and I was made aware of. And I realized um, in all the things that I learned, I went to a Catholic boys high school, year 17, year 12. It, it never really sunk in. But when the spirit of God came upon me, the Bible says, Jesus himself actually said, unless you are born again, you cannot enter or see the kingdom of heaven. And I, I realized that in that night I became born again. My spirit was renewed. And so it really helped me navigate a lot of things in life in terms of my studies. I, I dropped banking finance. I stopped, um, you know, living as a fraud. Um, and I started to pursue God. But God opened up. I, I did my degree in theology, in ministry, but I didn't step into full-time ministry right away. I got led into um, working for the corporate world um, in, through sales initially, retail uh, banking, retail sales through health insurance, uh, a stint in mobile phones as well during my uni, uni days. But where, where I last left off, um, I got promoted into management positions and then um, coaching roles uh, at head office for a, 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 you know multinational company. I was traveling around Australia, uh, coaching people, and what we learned in that was not so much how to sell, but how to connect with people and understand people and draw the best out of people as well. And then the results will come. So my, my title is a performance coach. It's one of my most enjoyable um, roles I've had in my career because it was working directly with people. And the Lord said to me, um, whatever I'll learn in that job, I'll be able to apply directly in ministry. And I've been doing that ever since the last three years, transitioning from the corporate world into ministry um and it's been quite a blessing amazing thanks for sharing all that there's uh, there's yeah a few really interesting things in that and i wanted to ask about you know um what would you say to people who kind of a lot of people who are going through hard times in their lives start asking you know what is god how am i you know at the at the toughest times in their lives and you know i've heard um quite a few people say oh you know, religious people, which 
is, you know, I'd love to make that distinction between religious people and, and people that just have a relationship with God uh, are just looking for a crutch and they've kind of clung to God as that. But you mentioned in your journey that you've actually had that experience and the spirit came upon you, whereas you went to, you know, earlier in life when you went to a, a Christian school or learning, it didn't quite resonate or you didn't, you didn't feel it. So yeah, there's, there's a number of different things there, but I'd love to touch on all of them because I think when you're, when you're seeking, because um, I, I remember in my journey, my, a few of my friends had had huge transformational experiences finding Jesus and one of them saw Jesus appear and I wow. saw his life transform from, you know, really lost here in Melbourne. He's from West Papua New Guinea. So he was wow. just totally fish out of water, um, didn't know how to speak English properly and really struggled and went to alcohol and you know, and now he's he's a pastor um wow. and and you know just an amazingly inspiring pastor so yeah i'd love to just for you to share what what is that what is the, the theory based actually living with jesus inside you and and being the example as you mentioned in your you know in your journey yeah for sure i mean i think um to what it boils down to when we talk about in our christian world um, being religious, the Bible actually talks about, uses the word religion and it says perfect religion is looking after widows, feeding the hungry and things like that. But culturally speaking, um, the term religion has had a bit of a stigma because it's people who are quite rigid, inflexible, quite dogmatic. Um, and it's usually based on a lot of man-made traditions, man-made rules versus someone who um, has a relationship with God and that when, when you read the Bible, the original design in the garden was Adam and Eve. They didn't have religion. They had a relationship with God that the Bible says he walked with them in the cool of the day. He, he directly conversed with him. So I have had my own experiences with God in my relationship with him. Uh, I never had anything in terms of my religious experiences when I was in that Catholic boys school um, and even in the Christian church that I was uh, raised in on, on the Sunday, I, I never had my own experiences because I just viewed it as a religion, religious activity. It was, wasn't a place from a relationship. And so, um, you know, a relationship is one that is defined by um, another person. You know, two people come together to have a, a dialogue, not just a monologue. God does speak to us many different ways through his word, through encounters. Uh, probably the most notable encounter I've had is um, as a young Christian man, I would jog in, um, to the beach where my high school was. So St. Bede's Mentone was on, is on Beach Road, and then you got the Mentone Beach. And I would spend hours with the Lord, have headphones in, listening to worship, praying, spend time with Jesus, reading the Bible, him speaking directly about certain situations through his word. Then I stopped that for a little bit. I became a little bit relaxed, my faith, my walk with God. And I was sleeping one night in my old bedroom at my parents' house and I woke up to the waves, to the sound of waves crashing, seagulls, and I thought someone's watching a movie, but it's 2.30 in the morning. And I looked down the hallway, lights out, everyone's asleep, but God was putting on this soundtrack of where we had that intimate time as father and son that I would spend time with him. And I felt him whisper in my heart, I miss you, son. And so sure enough, that really drew me back into that close walk with him. And I've, I've got friends who um, were about to commit suicide at, at standing at the cliff of a hill. 
And the Lord audibly spoke to him and said, I love you, son. Don't do this. It's only by the voice of God. And so the Lord reveals himself the way he chooses to, but mainly through, um, you know, through his word, through um, our gut feeling as what we say in the world, but it's Holy Spirit in us that speaks. Um, and then uh, what, what was the other part of the question as well, Steph? Oh, I was just asking you about your experience of which you're just sharing the hearing from God. You know, how do how do you hear from God? So you've just shared a bit of that because I think people hear from God in different ways. And um, and yeah, just religious versus actually having a relationship with God. And I I find that really interesting because, um, like, I remember trying to read the Bible years ago when I was a teenager, and I couldn't quite understand what was going on. And then when I started, you know, two and a half years ago, I could, like, it was, yep. it was like, you know, it really resonated, but it didn't resonate back then. So. That's right. Uh, gotcha. And I remember the first part, first part of your question, you also asked um, if someone's on the search for God, what is God, who is God, how, how can they find him? Um, the Bible makes it very clear and God makes it so simple. It says in the word, he who draws need, he or she, uh, who draws near to me, I will draw near to them. So it, it may seem like he's a million miles away, but if we just take that first step to say, God, if you're real, if you're out there, I want to know you, he will reveal himself. Um, and, and then he, he'll start to um, line up circumstances I've found in many different people's lives where you find yourself um, either at a church or in front of other believers on the streets or at family gatherings where you're going to be invited into a relationship. If you don't do it on your own, you can by all means, but he would often also just lead other believers in this process to, to really introduce you to him because we're called not to do this on our own. We're called to do it in family and community um, as a body of believers. And uh, he speaks to us first, but we need to be born again. Our spirit, which is destined for hell, which is dead, Jesus said, you must be born again. Otherwise, you cannot see or inherit the kingdom of heaven. Once your spirit is alive, then the words that I, I grew up to kind of read here and there, all of a sudden was alive. And it was speaking directly to me. The sun was brighter. The colors were brighter. The world just looked absolutely different. It was this, this new filter um, that I had over my eyes. I'm sure you've had too as well, Steph. You see the world in a different light. Um, and then he speaks most definitely through his word. The Bible says heaven and earth will pass away, but his word will stand forever. And an example of this is at one point um, as a young Christian, I, I used to kind of like put uh, relationships on a pedestal. And it was a season where God said, will you just pursue me and, and purely wholeheartedly pursue me? So I, I ended some of these toxic relationships where they, they literally took God's place in, in my heart in terms of devotion because the Bible says seek first the king, his kingdom, his righteousness, and everything else will be added. When we put other things or other people in place of God, that's when life can uh, turn out pretty sour. So it, it was a season where I was just seeking God, but then my wife now, who uh, was just my friend to start with, she came on the scene and I started to get worried, like, oh, God, I'm develop, developing feelings for this girl, but... The last thing I want is her to become an idol, like someone who takes the place of God. And he, he just showed me a vision. This is another way God can speak. Just in my mind's eye. Isaiah, um, let me get that reference properly. It's been a while since I've, I've um, 
looked at that one in detail, but I thought, I don't know what that verse says. Isaiah 48, um, verse 5 to 8. Okay, what, what, I don't even know what that is. That's not a memory verse. I have no reference. But then the Lord directly spoke to me because I, was, I had a fear that this is going to be an idol. But I just saw Isaiah 48, verse 5 to 8. And it says this, that is why I told you what would happen. I told you beforehand what I was going to do. Then you can never say my idols did it. God was directly speaking to my fear. Will this be an idol? Because I've got prophesied that I will have a wife, a believing wife. My wooden image and metal God, uh, he cannot say my idols did it, or my wooden image and metal God commanded it to happen. So the Lord's addressing this directly now. He's saying, this is not an idol. You have heard my predictions and have seen them fulfilled but you refuse to admit it saying stop being stubborn now you're ready for this um, now i will tell you my new things secrets you have not yet heard they are brand new not things from the past so you cannot say we knew that all the time yes i will tell you of things that are entirely new things that you have never heard before for i know so well that what traitors uh, you have been and you have been rebels from birth so you notice that we can't trust ourselves uh, we will turn to idols, but he said, this time, this is not an idol. He said, this is directly for me, just as the one for you. <laughs> so I was like, wow, the, the very thing I, I was fearful of, God directly pointed me to the right scriptures. Amazing. Yeah. I think what you mentioned before, when you start asking and seeking, you just notice these little things uh, that, that are God showing up in your life, and that gives you such a a boost of excitement that you, you know, you, you kind of notice more and more and then the faith starts to build. And I love the verse in the Bible that talks about, you know, someone plants another one waters, but God creates the whole situation. God takes yeah. them, um, builds the relationship. So um, I think that's amazing because I've seen a lot of the words that I've read in the Bible come alive in, in real life. And it, it's, um, it does give you a different lens on life. It's like, you know, magical things happening every day. The more you're open to it, the more you seek it, the more God shows up. So um, I, I love just asking, you know, show up for me big time today and help me impact others. And so, yeah, I just wanted to ask, so the, so the next step after seeking is the, the, you know, the baptism, which you were filling up the, the uh, pool for the baptisms before the podcast, um, to, to actually do the water baptism and then the, the baptism of the spirit. Can you just talk through those um, yep. so we understand? For sure. So um, Jesus, when he uh, was a full-grown man, he started his public ministry at the age of 30. One of the first things he did was he got water baptised. Um, John the Baptist, who uh, is actually his cousin, was baptizing people in water. And he said to his disciples, there's one coming greater than I am whose sandals I'm unworthy to untie. But he will come and he will baptize you in the Holy Spirit and fire. When Jesus arrived on the scene at the Jordan River and he said, um, can you baptize me, John? John said, I'm not worthy. He goes, no, you must do this to fulfill all righteousness, what God's plan is. Um, and when Jesus was baptized, was fully immersed. Baptism is a Greek word, uh, baptizo, which means full immersion. So it's different from as a Catholic um, baby. I, I got christened, got a little bit of water sprinkled on me. Um, but to be baptized is to go fully into the water. Um, and you also have a full awareness of what, you're um, doing because it's a representation of the 
the life you now have as a believer um, in God and, and for the salvation that you have received. So as a baby, you don't obviously have those. Um, it's not your conscious, uh, you know, aware of what you're really doing, but as an adult, as Jesus demonstrated, it's part of not necessarily our salvation. It's not our ticket to heaven. It's more for our discipleship. It says in Romans 6 that we are co-buried in our sins. In our, we, we die to our sins like Jesus died, but we're co-risen again. And one of the last things that Jesus said to his disciples in Matthew 28 is going to all nations, make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, commanding them everything that I've told you and, to, and for us to follow his example. And so his example for us is to be water baptized as part of our discipleship process, but then also baptize others. And in, in our weekly study, we're up to water baptism, and we found out four of our interns was in that category where they were much younger, they were kids, they weren't really know, they didn't know what they were doing, but they, they want to make a public statement of their faith. And so we're right now filling up the baptism tank while they're doing outreach. And when they come back, we'll baptize them all. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. And um, yeah, the, the key is really Jesus, isn't it? Because there's, you know, people throw around the world, the word God. Uh, there are so many different things that people look to as, you know, God, it's a, it's a word that's thrown around. So you know Jesus Christ. We we get to God through Him, which yep. says in the Bible. But could you yep. just speak to that a little bit? Because um, yeah, we hear God a lot, but but really, you know, do we hear Jesus sometimes yep. out there in the world? Yeah, for sure. Um, Jesus said in John fourteen, um, "I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me." Jesus was sent to the world um, as the perfect sinless man. Because in the olden days, the Old Testament, the poor little lamb, poor little goat was sacrificed for uh, the people's sins, the, the, the Jews, the Israelites' sins. But at best, it was just a, a little bit of a covering, but it never really transformed the life. It never really um, washed away shame or guilt. But Jesus, uh, the Bible says, he who knew no sin became sin so that we may become the righteousness of God. And so he took on that punishment on our behalf. Only he was a perfect sacrifice, worthy um, for God to receive. And, and then in exchange that anyone who believes in Jesus and receives that sacrifice, we are viewed as um, washed sons and daughters. And so we're clean by the blood of the lamb, um, Jesus himself. And, and then, um, you know, he, he offers us free gifts like the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, um, Wait for me, for, for wait for until I, I send you the Holy Spirit. And his first disciples um, gave us an example of, of what Jesus was talking about. He said, um, uh, "When the Holy Spirit comes, he will oh, he will baptize you um, with power, so that you can be witnesses for me to the ends of the earth." And so there's the water baptism. And then separate to that is a baptism in the Holy Spirit in Acts 1.8. But you shall receive power. Sorry, sorry, Siri. Acts 1.8. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. So you shall, and you can become uh, my witnesses. And, um, you know, that power in the Greek is dunamis, which means miraculous working power. It's like a dynamite explosive type of power where 
we see signs, wonders, miracles in the Bible. It's not just for the biblical times. It's actually for now that anyone that receives Holy Spirit can perform acts and miracles, healings, uh, speak prophetic words, prophesy, all those fun and exciting things. And I've prayed for many people and I've seen healings. We've got doctor's reports here in this church of people, uh, two people now, kidney cancer, Kieran from about six years ago, and most recently, Beck, one of our interns, triple negative breast cancer, um, had no hope, and the doctors have declared it a miracle, a medical miracle, um, to show there's no more cancer left in her body whatsoever. And so that's only God that can do all that. Mm, that was amazing. And I know for me, I'm a very practical person, so I love seeing results. And I think people really, uh, you know, it's one thing to kind of hear about things, but testimonies of others and you know, especially people that you know or your own experience is the most powerful. And for me, kind of walking into Fire Church and feeling the spirit in there and also I was just blown away by people actually, you know, having healing up the front through prayer. And uh, I recently watched, I don't know if you've seen the, the movie um, War Room. Sorry. That's Just okay. Back oh, uh, I was just saying, I don't know if you've um, seen the, the movie War Room. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I love that because it, it kind of demonstrates the power of prayer and, and how we, you know, fight our battles through prayer and not, not yeah. by our own might. Yeah. So um, that sort of stuff, you know, really strengthens the faith, I think. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so, and I loved, I loved the, you know, a couple of weeks ago at Fire Church talking about the signs, miracles and wonders that actually, you know, the, the, the Holy Spirit was given to us when Jesus, uh, you know, um, was killed on the cross and rose again, that that's when the Holy Spirit was there for us. So it lives through us. So Jesus lives through us and, you know, out to others. And we're called, the Bible calls us to set, set ourselves apart from other people and um and, and that's through our example you know people being able to actually tangibly see there's something different about that girl or guy uh and and um the presence so i, I um yeah I'd, I'd love to hear how do you set yourself apart what's the feedback that you kind of have do you get that on a regular basis when you're you know out and about in the world do, do people notice that there's something different about you yeah, in my, my last job, um, you know, I, I described when I first um, came to God, I noticed there's something different about my friends who I've known my whole life, a majority of my life. Um, they carry this presence about them. And even in, in the Bible, uh, in Genesis, Joseph carried the presence of God and people recognize that. Um, but in my old job, I was on the way to lunch with um, my previous boss and I bumped into to my previous mentor. Um, in my last church, uh, I just chatted for a little bit on the side with him, caught up, quick introduction, didn't mention anything about God or church. It was a very quick hello, and she goes to me when we were walking away, I bet he's a Christian, isn't he? I go, how do you know? She goes, there's just something different about you guys. He carried this presence. There's this, and I said, it's yeah, it's Jesus. And we have this peace, this joy, this lightness about us. Even when times get tough, um, I, yeah, you know what it's like in the corporate world, it can get very hectic, um, but we're called to be, you know, the salt of the earth, uh, you know, a city on the hill, the light in the darkness. And I remember there's, there's some pretty um, hectic stuff that went on, but just the spirit of God um, said, remain calm. The fruits of the spirit is love, joy, peace, 
patience, kindness, goodness, self-control, long-suffering, where people were losing their minds. I was like, just be the calm in the storm and represent God here, and it'll it'll be all good. And sure enough, it was. Um, but it's simple. To really set yourself apart, the Bible says um, there's many things in the house that are made of different materials, some used for noble purposes, some used for ignoble um, and, you know, things made of wood and clay, more used for the regular purposes. But if you were to cleanse yourself of your sins and live a holy life, and God gives us the grace, the the ability to uh, live a holy life, he says, be holy for I am holy. Then the, in, in that passage of, of Scripture in 2 Timothy, if you were, were to cleanse yourself of the former ways, you shall be like silver and golden vessels in a house used for noble purposes. And so we can be set apart simply through just staying close with God, reading his word and obeying it. It's simple, but sometimes it's hard, right? It's mm. simple to get some abs. The idea to get abs is simple, but the discipline around that to go to the gym and eat well, it's it's another thing. So I'm not saying it's like it's a, it's a simple walk in the park. It's a, I'm saying it's an easy walk, but he, he makes it simple for us to understand. Um, but he recognizes there's a sacrifice to it as well. And if we're willing to, we're going to see the fruits of it. Mm-hmm. Um, it it, it uh, makes me feel sad sometimes when people feel like they don't understand God or they don't understand the Bible, but I see the way they live and it's very clear that God's operating their life. So yep. I, I think sometimes people have this idea that um, I, I don't get it, like that they've got this relationship with God, but I don't. And, uh, and it's, um, you know, God, I know for me, you know, doing the last 15 years of um, working in Nepal and, and creating the charity, I, I very much have gone with the nudges from the big boss, but I, I didn't quite know, you know, I wasn't familiar with the Bible. And, and then, you know, I've always had that sense of joy and zest and, and passion for what I'm doing. And then I lost it after my granny passed away. I was just like, whoa, what, what is going on here? And how do I get back to that? And um, I remember calling my friend Ricky, the, the West Papuan um, pastor, who's now a pastor, saying I was in Argentina at the time and I, I was just like, Ricky, like, how do you pray? How do you, how do you get that, what you've got, like that just constant um, get up and go? And, yeah, he, he just kind of led me through a few prayers. And, um, you know, unlike many, I, I didn't have a, a massive experience of, of transformation immediately or anything like that. It was, it was, I look back now and I see that when I started to ask and seek, you know, slowly, slowly, God showed up big time for me. And, and now, you know, every day more and more, the more I kind of seek, but it just, um, I just love to let people know that it's not, you know, it's okay. Like you can, God could still be living through you and, you know, and, and then you kind of get the curiosity to learn more about Jesus and, and, you know, maybe go to a church. Cause I know since I've joined fire, my, you know, a few of the people that I've met there and, my, my faith has strengthened so much because we're meant to live in community with others and support each other. And I love the scripture that talks about encourage one another and, you know, iron sharpens iron and all, all that sort of stuff. It's, um, it's amazing. I just, it, like everything's in the Bible. Every time I read it, it's like, Whoa, like, where did that come from? I haven't seen that <laughs> yeah. before. And like wow. Proverbs, you know, basically yes. like the, the, the rule book of life and it oh, yes. life into you. You feel so invigorated when you read it. And yeah, it's just amazing. 
It's so true. You know, um, hearing your experience and your friend's experience, how God was uh, there all along in the background, giving the small nudges here and there. It actually says, um, you yeah, know, about the goodness of God. He even causes rain to fall on the um, on the land of the wicked. And so he is he, good even to those who are deemed wicked because um, we haven't come to God yet. At the end of the day, it's it's us who chooses to reject God and and have that um, it's consequence away from Him. But He's still good that He wants to look after those who aren't even part of His family yet. That He causes rain to fall on their land and obviously bring harvest, have food and all that. But it also says in the Bible that it's the goodness of God that leads people to repentance. I realized when I came to God, He's too good to turn away. His love, he's willing to love me in all my um, issues and bust-ups and, and the mistakes I've made. He's willing to love me that much. He's, it's his goodness that leads people to repentance. Repentance means to turn away from your life of sin, and I've seen it over and over again. Um, you mentioned about the baptism tank. We were talking about it this morning with the interns, how we've got ex-inmates who've been baptised in a baptism tank here at church, a life of drugs, crime, um, spent time in prison, have come out, hit the, the bottom of the barrel, and they realize, you know, talking going back to the start, people criticize religion to be a crutch. Well, people who thought they were so strong in the world without God, I'll do life on my own, I'll be uh, this, this mighty kind of person, do it my own, own kind of way. The result, sadly, is it's death. There's a way that seems right to, the, to a man, the Bible says, but in the end, it leads to death. It's our pride that makes us think we can do fine and you might be fine. Uh, you might have the money, all the money in the world, but I've got plenty of rich, wealthy friends who are empty on the inside, reach the top of their game, but they're empty in here. Met them in the corporate world, I've got them friends from high school. But, um, you know, when I, when I view people who come to God, these guys who have been in and out of prison, destructive lifestyles, they give their life over to God Yes, I, I, I actually don't even care anymore if that term is used. He's not just a crutch, but he's like a, a launching pad into all the amazing things that he's, he's promised us in life. Peace, um, joy, um, you know, good night's sleep. Even the Bible talks about those who love the Lord, he grants sleep to those he loves, you know. Um, prosperity, like he's not, um, it's not his desire that we should, be with that food he, he he says in his word that you shall be not shall be the head and not the tail and you shall um, lend to nations and not just borrow but we've been able to be a blessing I, I was a poor bible college student at one point but he said trust me with your finances and give and I, i've done that I haven't failed to um to not give and and we've just seen god's blessing on our lives but then we can be a blessing for other people as well yeah, and, and if I can um, share just really briefly, I've learned a massive lesson in the last week because, um, you know, I think when, when you find something, like I've been a truth seeker my whole life and when I landed in the Bible, I was like, wow, this is it. The search is over. This is wow. And so naturally you want to share it like with everybody. So I started putting Bible verses on Facebook and, and then I had, you know, a bit of pushback people going, Steph, like calm down because, you know, some people had really bad experience in churches and my friends in Ireland were like, Steph, you know, be careful. And I was like, wow, that's so interesting. Cause I, I don't have that stigma because I haven't been to, you know, churches in the past. No, I wasn't aware of that. So, uh, you know, I, I, I'm one of those people that, 
like I'm super passionate and I want to share it with other people, but I also don't want to make other people feel uncomfortable. And uh, I really want to push through that because, you know, this is it. So I, I'm, my passion is, is more than, you know, my desire not to make others uncomfortable, but I've seen some people and some people in fire who really get out there and, and get out there on the streets and share. And, and uh, recently I had a, 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 um, a desire to start the, the purple book. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's a, it's a foundational um, book just that leads you, you know, what is this, what is that? And it directs you to passages in the Bible um, with uh, my brother's girlfriend who asked me, you know, is there a Bible for beginners? Uh, so she felt drawn to it just recently and uh, my sister and her boyfriend and a friend of mine said, what about your brother? You're going to ask your brother to join in these calls. So we do them twice every week in the mornings. And, and I said, Oh no, I think Jake's busy. Like my brother is like plans out every half an hour of the day. He's super driven. And I, I said, oh, oh no, he's got staff members and I don't think that time will suit. And my mate goes, just invite him anyway. And, and so I did. And my brother, you know, said in the text message, what time? And I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm like, what is it? So I said 6.30, like in the morning. And he goes, oh, yeah, I can I can do that, but I'll have to leave, you know, 15 minutes early. And it was just like God's just showing me in the past week and a half, like never assume that is so wrong. Like I, I just felt so like, wow, I can't believe I was not going to invite him and and he came and he loved it and he's looking forward to the next one so, so yeah I, I, yeah i'm gonna let go of that because you never yeah. know yeah well i i um i'm talking about feeling uncomfortable uh you don't want to make people feel uncomfortable i, I remember the night i gave my life to the lord i was super uncomfortable i i was like oh, what, what a thought like if i don't do this now i might end up in hell who knows when i'll die I don't want to face the God without the blood of Jesus, you know, that's washed me clean. And so I realized, yeah, when I came to God, I was super uncomfortable, but I was also very grateful for my friend who, who led me down that path. Um, and then for my stepdad's funeral, I felt, well, it's a Catholic funeral. I've led my stepdad to the Lord on his deathbed in palliative care, but I feel the Lord is wanting me to talk about him and offer salvation, the free gift of salvation through relationship, but not religion. But I had this thought, it's not your church. It's a Catholic priest. He might make uh, might not be right with it. And the people might feel uncomfortable. And I was just wrestling. And then I saw one of my friends in ministry, he put up, he's in, you know, he's in Europe at that point. He has no clue what I was going through. And he wrote, are you more concerned about man's opinion about yourself or be more concerned about their eternity. I thought that's it. I want to go for it. I went for it in, in the eulogy through many tears, gave the altar call, talked about God, talked about sin, salvation, and 10 hands went up, including my stepbrother and stepsister. And I said, thank God for that. And I thought, yeah, why not? I mean, it's going to be uncomfortable at times, but it, it's worth it in, in the long run. <laughs> Incredible, yeah. So you mentioned um, sacrifice before, and I'm just wondering, what have you had to sacrifice being a pastor of a church? I'm sure you've had to sacrifice a lot and you've got a young family. Yep. Uh, what's that looked like for you? Um, probably these days more around uh, time. I mean, the, the wage I take home is um, just a little bit um, uh under half 
of what I, I do take on from the corporate world. So yeah, monetary, but for me, it, it's not even, um, it doesn't feel like so much of a sacrifice because I really love and enjoy what I do, um, even though the, the, the pay is what it was, right? So that, that's one side of it. But it's probably more around uh, the pressure of time. And we all have 24 hours in a day. But um, the demanding side of ministry is people need you. Um, so it's just trying to find a good balance in our list of priorities as people of God should always be God, number one, our relationship with him, then our families, and then it's ministry. If we sometimes where people, um, you know, burn out in ministry is it's ministry, God, and then family, and the, everything's just a mess. But if we keep the, the priorities, God, family, and then ministry, everything really just flows. And so um, in particular around the start, it was like that. Um, it was a lot of pressure on our time, but over the last three years, even throughout lockdown, we've been able to raise up more and more leaders to carry the load because the Bible says Jesus is the head of the church in Ephesians 4. Then he assigns apostles, prophets, pastors, evangelists, teachers, and evangelists to train and equip the saints for the work of the ministry. So as much as I um, pastor, the other side of my job is actually training and equip the saints. So not saints as per the traditional, um, you know, Catholic belief that saint is only the one who dies, but the Bible calls believers saints. So my job as a pastor is to pastor, but also train up other believers, saints, for the work of the ministry. How can I raise other pastors and be pastoral towards our church and our people? And we're getting a lot of good, great feedback. People feeling connected loved, welcome, and that's uh, all glory to God. <laughs> Amazing. Um, yeah, and I just wanted to kind of ask one last question. Um, since I've been at FIRE, I've met um, I've met a, f- a few people that have been planted in my life, one, one from FIRE, one from outside of FIRE, who are real living examples of the Bible in action, and that I'm so, so grateful for that because it's really brought it to life for me and you know, the, the whole thing about being an example of, of what we read uh, in, in the Bible, it's been, um, it's been phenomenal. And, um, yeah, a couple of weeks ago I was just sitting at Fire Church and I was thinking I'm so grateful that God has landed me in this church because it's, yeah, it, it's I love listening to you. You're, you're incredible and you're amazing at sharing God's word and relating it to your life and, like it's relatable and it and it resonates because it's real and i'm just super grateful to you know um have a pastor running a church that i'm a part of that is authentic and he's really living it so so thank you for that and um and yeah and as in that role as a pastor how do you um i suppose you can't kind of control who comes to the church and who doesn't but how do you maintain the integrity of the church in in really um, maintaining a church that actually lives and breathes the word. Yeah, yeah. Um, if, if anyone's come from a corporate background, it's very similar as well. Um, you know, we have our core values as a church, love um, and presence of God. In, in our church services, we want to love God, we want to love people, and we put a, a priority and emphasis on his presence, that it's not about performance or perfectionism, but honouring his presence. And so what that means is sometimes 
Holy Spirit may want to do something different. He may want us to go for longer in worship or want to bring in a word of knowledge for healing. Like I did um, not last Sunday, the one before, I felt God say, before you preach, I want you to pray for sick people. And the night before um, Sunday morning, the Lord said, it's actually going to be through Beck, your intern who's been healed of cancer, get her to share her testimony. The altar was full. And then in the moment, I felt God say, now I actually want her husband, Joel, to verbally pray. So go, Joel, come up. We're open to, we just want to honour your presence, Holy Spirit, whatever you want to do. This is your church, your service. And I've prophesied over these two that they'll have a powerful healing ministry. So the altar's full. I'm not sure if you were there that Sunday morning. Yeah. Yeah. And as soon as Joel started to pray, a woman falls back, hits her neck on the chair, got on my <laughs> and I was like a little bit worried as, as Joel was praying. I was, I was like looking over, oh no, oh no, oh no, she okay, she okay. Turns out I checked in afterwards. She came up for prayer at the front for her sore neck. And ironically, as she went down, hit her neck on the chair, she got healed. <laughs> so it's kind of like the old school revival stuff that you wow. hear. Wow. Um, and it's just God. And it's just like, you know, um, that's what I love. I love seeing people being activated in their faith. I get excited when people give their hearts to God, but equally, if not more excited, when I see them really operating in, in their calling and, and what God has for them. So to see Joel and Beck really flow in that way, that Sunday morning is, is beautiful, and the people responding as well is powerful. That's amazing. So that was all on the spot. Good on them for take, yeah, and good, good on them yeah. for taking the challenge and coming up because that was a really powerful prayer. Correct. And so, yeah, love and presence, our other core value is the word of God. You know, heaven and earth will pass away, but his word will remain forever. And then empowerment, empowering others to do the work of God. And so how, how do you cultivate, maintain that kind of culture and, and grow it? it? It's really like to, in the corporate world, having your core values that you can anchor back to, having that vision, where, where does God want us to, um, to go? And helping people on that journey. So in the background, I'm working on a new leadership course, um, to onboard our new leaders, but also give them that that fiery spirit to um, not just have the you know core values embedded, but like in in Numbers fourteen, the the Joshua and Caleb spirit. The Bible says they had a different spirit compared to the other ten spies who looked at the promised land but saw themselves as little grasshoppers compared to these giants. Uh, but Joshua and Caleb had a different spirit, so I, I want to be able to train up um, and onboard new leaders to carry that fiery spirit of God say let's go for broken let, let's let's do this <laughs> amazing now I just thought of one more question I really love to ask about salvation um for someone who isn't familiar with that concept can you talk to that a little bit yep for sure so salvation basically means your complete healing Jesus his name in the Hebrew is uh, Yeshua which means deliverer and savior as people of um the world um, you know, in the Bible it says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Salvation is God's free gift to mankind, man and woman, to be able to receive his forgiveness. But it's not just uh, your forgiveness, but it's also your healing of your soul. By his stripes, you are healed. You can be healed physically from um, what we've seen in cancer, people with cancer, uh, physical ailments, but also a healing of your soul. That's why we see ex-drug addicts, inmates, um, people in destructive lifestyles, stop those things 
because God has brought a healing to them. They've got salvation now, and they're a new creation in God, but they've also got healing in their soul too. But also sometimes it's not instant. Um, that's where discipleship comes in. And the Bible says, um, do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds. It's a constant thing. It says in the word, work out your salvation in fear and trembling. It's not just a one-off prayer and then there's your ticket. It's actually it's a lifetime thing. And so God wants nothing more than people to be saved because that's why he sent his son. And if you're watching this, you don't know God yet. He makes it simple. Draw near to him. He'll draw near to you. And ask Jesus, come into my heart. The Bible says, if you believe in your heart that he died and he rose again and confess with your mouth that he is Lord, you shall be saved. And saved basically from what? From hell. So you can be in heaven. But more than that, you can have life um, with him here on earth. Amazing. Thanks so much, Alex, for sharing your journey. And um, yeah, that there's an amazing uh, women's group and men's group as well that meet every second Tuesday. I think the women's yep. one is. I'm not sure about yep. the men. Yep, every second as well on the off week. Yep. Okay, sure. And, uh, and and just amazing. So if you're in, in Victoria and around Caram Downs, um, I drive 45 minutes from Rye because I just absolutely love it. And um, yeah, so thanks so much, Alex, for sharing. Is there anything else that you wanted to cover before we end the podcast? Uh, if you're watching this, Jesus loves you so much. There's um, no accidents in the Lord. You watch this for a purpose and he wants your heart. He's got the best plans for you. And uh, if you have any more questions, ask Steph or ask me, come to Fire Church. When it came down, I'm sure Steph will share the details. But we're loving you, we'll host you, and you'll have a lot of fun as well. Thanks for listening to our Inspiring Humans podcast, and I hope you enjoyed the show. If you have any inspiring human in mind that you would like to nominate, please reach out and let us know. Also, you're very welcome to become part of our Facebook group called Inspiring Humans, where you can connect with incredible people from around the globe. Uh, thirdly, if you are interested in being part of a global network, we have an incredible community at sevencontinentscouncil.com where we hold events, programs and many different initiatives that you can be involved in. Thank you and see you again soon.